I want to thank you, Susan, for joining me on this kind of bonus uh, edition of church. And one reason I wanted to invite you to this, and, and, and Rob, thank you for the idea to do this, is this is a topic, self-compassion, that you have done some learning in, you've read on. And so I, I thought I would just ask you some questions on this topic. Um, so anyway, I don't know if you want to um, say anything other uh, in terms of an introduction. Pastor Susan is pastor of congregational care. Um, here. Yeah, I'll say just a couple of things. Um, I've done some personal learning and mm-hmm. professional learning, and I think that God has used some of the professional learning to continue to grow me yeah. in my understanding personally of self-compassion. Um, my family has been... Um, those people that I live with that have really walked alongside of me in the personal mm. growing in my learning about self-compassion. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I want you to know. Yeah, let me start with this question. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I tried to give something of a definition in my sermon, but how would you define or what's your understanding of what self-compassion is? That's a great question, and I I think that your sermon really um, hit a lot of nails on the the head. Mm -hmm. Self-compassion actually has three components, and and none of them is uh, more, um, is greater than the other. They all work together and overlap with one another to address self-compassion. And the first is self-kindness. Self-kindness is teaching um, and treating oneself with care and understanding rather than utilizing um, self-criticism or harsh judgment. And the second is common humanity, our Mm. common humanity, and seeing our own experience as part of the larger human experience um, so that we're not isolated or not seeing ourselves as abnormal or unusual. Um, and probably most importantly, realizing that we are not, we are not perfect human beings. Um, and then mindfulness. Um, some people get scared of that word mindfulness, but what mindfulness really means is being pure being, not doing, but being with all of our feelings even the uncomfortable ones, just as they are. Mm. Um, it means not suppressing or running away yeah. or numbing those feelings, letting them flow through us. Yeah. So one of the best definitions I've seen is, comes from Kristen Neff, and this, it goes like this. Self-compassion is a way of relating to the ever-changing landscape of mm. who we are, with kindness and acceptance, especially when we fail or feel inadequate. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. that's what self-compassion is. Hmm. I, I, uh, I thought of something when you were sharing that. Um, this idea of being aware of our hearts, right? Being aware of our emotions. Mm-hmm. And, okay, yeah, so I might not be able to pluck out a Bible verse that says... Christians need to be aware of their emotions. But I, I just feel like 
the Psalms alone, just the Psalms alone, to say nothing of the ministry of Jesus or the writings of Paul, or anything, just the Psalms alone. I mean, if there's a better example of the um, awareness and the expression of human emotion in Scripture, I don't know. I don't know where it would be. Um, I mean, the Psalms, there's, there's resent, there's anger, there's vengeance, there's joy. There's, I mean, I, I, it's all there. And, and the psalmist, I mean, I don't know of a place in the Psalms where, you know, the, the, the song or the, 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 the prayer is being offered and they say, well, I mean, I shouldn't feel this way. But they just, boom, here's where I'm at and offered as a prayer to God. Anyway, you, that, I thought of that when you were sharing. Well, I think the Psalms and the story, I was reminded during the sermon the Bible is filled with stories of people who the world had determined mm. were failures or who didn't have the right, um, the right characters or the right characteristics. And God chose them. Yes. God chose them out of love yeah. to love them yeah. through what he was calling them to do. So That's really powerful. Okay. My next question, um, and it's worded this way, um, it says, uh, how can we extend compassion to ourselves? Maybe another thing to think, how can we extend compassion to ourselves, but what does it look like, right? Or, or, or might there be an example mm-hmm. or two that you can think of um, what, it, what it looks like to be compassionate to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I would say... Um, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm repeating here, but sometimes for me, repeating things, I, that's how I learn. Um, self-kindness. How do we talk to ourselves? Um, many of us have inner voices that are critical. Yeah. Um, tell us we're stupid because we made a mistake or because we ate the Dairy Queen Buster Bar last night. Um, Why wouldn't you, really? <laughs> and delicious. the list the list goes on. But right. self kindness involves actively finding ways to calm, soothe, and comfort yourself. And each one of us uniquely have ways of how we do that. Um, sometimes it means stopping to allow ourselves to do that and taking a break. But some of the ways I came up with um, might be physical activity, uh, exercise, gardening, a bubble bath, reading, devotions, prayer, learning about breathing and Mm. mindfulness exercises from a professional, yoga, talking with a friend or a trusted professional, singing, listening, or making music, Mm. walking in nature, or your creative activities of drawing, art, acting, um, or writing a letter of compassionate love to yourself. Hmm. Um, Eating nutritiously, getting adequate sleep, and taking a break. Yeah. uh, As you were sharing that list, I've thought of people in our congregation who are writers and who write poetry. And I won't name names because I didn't ask permission, um, but th- there have been some who've written poems, shared them with me, and you know who you are. And um, I-, I see in these writings of these people uh, some of these things you're talking about, that, that, that they're trying to look at themselves through the eyes and the lens of God and God's compassion for them. 
uh, and they're really powerful. And so, anyway, I thought of that when you well, shared those. In, in response to that, um, one way of very simply addressing self-compassion is in, in that letter to oneself or to jot down, I challenge you to jot, jot down four things that you are grateful of gifts that God has given you hmm. or reasons that you find pleasure and goodness in yeah. your life yeah. and reflect on those. Yeah. Um, those are gifts that God has has given and maybe sometimes those gifts have been given out of times of suffering. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, here, here's a question I, I thought of earlier this week. I sent it to you in preparation for this. What messages prevent us from being kind to ourselves? Like, why, why is it so difficult to do for many, not, not everyone? For many, um, some of these messages start, well, for all of us, they start in um, the womb. <laughs> And how we as children um, attach to the people and the adults in our life. What kind of, of attachment and relationship, connection we have with a parent or a caregiver. And out of those, that attachment, then the world has lots of messages that yeah. it shares with us. Um, we often spend a lot of our time comparing ourselves. So social comparison, um, all you have to do is look at the news or a magazine or um, even reading um, or any social media. Um, So-and-so went on how many vacations and I didn't go. Um, or this person has this house or this car or this person has this many children and they are beautiful, they have PhDs, the list goes on. And that can be, can snowball. Um, Our own perfectionism, um, ways that we expect more from us than sometimes is humanly possible, um, or set expectations for ourselves that we should show up and know know everything um, to show that we're successful or strong. Um, Bullying and uh, criticism from others greatly impacts um, being kind to ourselves. Any kind of abuse impacts um, self-compassion, physical, verbal, spiritual, or sexual. Um, our own self-criticism, prejudice, racism, our own feelings of inadequacy, trauma, our trauma history of any sort is linked to actually um, great struggle with self-compassion. And then internal shame, hmm. shame that many of us hold because we do not believe the core of us is loved. Um, hearing that reminds me of something that I picked up at a um, a workshop I was in, I don't know, maybe a year ago now. <clears throat> and I know you're familiar with uh, the name Brene Brown, and it's connected to some of her research. But she was saying how shame 
if you put it in a peachy, petri dish and you, and you put in with shame, um, you know, uh, silence, um, um, uh, kind of keeping things to yourself, mm-hmm. she talks about how then shame will just grow exponentially. But then she says, <clears throat> but if you take that same shame in the Petri dish and you add, she says, even just a little bit of compassion, the shame cannot survive. That was her comment based on some of her research. And that really stuck with me, this notion that compassion can be such a powerful anecdote to shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that added component of, of uh, shared humanity. Yeah. Um, when you share with a friend or um, a group and you are vulnerable, you often will find someone who maybe hasn't experienced exactly what you've experienced, but they've experienced the feelings or how it feels. Yeah. And it, it also stops that growth because you now know that you have fellow people on the journey. Yeah, yeah. Can you speak a little bit, Susan, on some of the impacts of self-compassion? Like why, why practice it? Mm-hmm. Some results of it? Some of the impacts of self-compassion include um, great increases in coping and resilience, life satisfaction, connectedness, Mm. even personal confidence, curiosity, and gratitude grow when we practice self-compassion. We also have greater motivation because we have less fear of failure. We feel that we know we can try again um, and persist Hmm. in um, whatever it is that we're trying to address. Uh, Personal accountability actually um, increases. Uh, We are able to take greater responsibility for the mistakes we've made, and our own self-awareness increases, allowing us to apologize and repair situations. That is really profound. I hadn't, I, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't really thought of it like that. Um, it almost seems, seems counterintuitive, sort of, right? If I'm compassionate to myself, because what I heard you say was, if I'm compassionate to myself, I will take greater responsibility for ways that I have hurt other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, but I, I even writing this sermon for today, I was thinking, oh, what if there's someone out there and they, they hear self-compassion and they go, wow, you're just going to let yourself off the hook for everything. But what you're saying is it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's where the, the component of mindfulness comes in. Yeah. Um, mindfulness is self-awareness in being with the experience of whatever it might be, a feeling or suffering or fear, and allowing it... To, allowing ourselves to be with it as it passes through us. Hmm. And it allows us to, to really experience our humanity and knowing that others might have those kinds of feelings too. Hmm. Um, our, our mental and physical health are impacted greatly. Yeah. There's even research on um, 
the immune response being enhanced. Um, diabetes and stress actually um, can be impacted um, in a positive way. Um, anxiety, depression, stress, um, perfectionism, and shame all are um, improved as well. We also have healthier body image and eating. And then, most maybe most important, we are we have a greater ability for compassion for others along with our connectedness to humanity. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit because I'm going to uh, talk more next week about specifically some of the teachings of Jesus and, you know, that scene where he's at the party and the woman is washing his feet with her tears. And he says to, I think it's to Peter, uh, he says, um, the one who has been forgiven much can love much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I see a connection there. Um, well, oh, one last question. Yep. I see we're at about 20 minutes almost here. Can you speak to the idea of, I mean, I know my sermon was about this a little bit too, but in your own words, the role of self-compassion in the life of Christian faith, mm-hmm. uh, integrating faith and, and this practice mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, when I think about self-compassion, one of the things that always comes to my mind is the uh, passage from uh, Romans. Um, and actually, I found lots more. The same exact thing is stated. Um, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. There is no commandment greater than these. We hear it in the Old Testament and all over the New Testament. But so many of us have learned, including myself, to love your neighbor. And for some reason, the sentence ended there. Yeah. Um, How do we love our... If we're to love yourself, how do we love ourselves? so we can love our neighbor. And I believe that so many other places in um, the scriptures talk specifically about this. Psalm um, 103 that was read today. Psalm 46 has been impactful in my life too. Sometimes it takes being still. Yeah. Being still and know that I am God. Mm. I remember really well when I was a young mom and I had, we had a, biz, a new business that was starting in our family with Mark, and I worked outside of the home for the county, and I drove to Faribault and back every day. It wasn't very far, but I was always late picking up my daughter. And then we had three situations of very difficult childcare experiences, and so I left my job. I left my job, yeah. and I remember one day just still wondering what in the heck God's purpose for me was because I, you know, loving others (laughs) felt felt like primary to uh, who I I want to be and who I am. And I remember, you know, I just always probably was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But my daughter on a walk one day to the library made us just stop. Hmm. And she wanted to lay... Where the pool where the pool area is now in Northfield, 
in the middle of a field there and lay in the ground and look up in the sky and watch the clouds. <laughs> okay. And that was in the middle of a busy day. And it reminds me of the story about um, that you told this morning. Yeah. Why are you so yeah. busy? And it was in that moment that I really knew how important it was for me to be still. And yet today I have to remind me myself of that because that's the only opportunity I have to really listen to what God is telling me about God's world, God's love, and God's love of me. Hmm. Um, another passage that's been so important for me, and this is how I believe God wants us to be compassionate to ourselves. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts yes. as you trust in him. More and more at home in your hearts. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. That, and this is my insertion, but for, for me, for you. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now glory be to God. His mighty power is at work within us. Mm. That's from Ephesians. Yes. I, I don't know that we can ever know totally that marvelous love that God has for us. But truly, if we can begin to be a voice of love and compassion to ourselves, maybe we can begin to see and experience how how well loved we are yeah so we can love others yeah i can't help myself i gotta say one thing and then we'll wrap it up but um whenever i read that passage as a as a benediction <clears throat> and it's probably my favorite biblical benediction um i'm always struck by um the the, the part that says that you might know, as all God's people should, right? Like this idea that there is a, a sense for which we, we need to be aware of this and yeah. know this. And then, like, just, I don't know, a line or two later, he's like, um, even though it's impossible to fully understand, you know? And I, I, that, that, that tension always hits me when I read that. So thank you for sharing that. Any final thoughts before we um, conclude? Any last thing you want to say about self-compassion? I just, um, I think it is a gift that God has given to us. Yeah. And um, our emotions are gifts also. Yeah. And um, God speaks to us through those emotions to understand our, ourselves. And so allowing God to work in us through our emotional and spiritual life encourages self-compassion. Yeah. Well, thank you for being uh, with us here today and for your time. Um, I know it was really significant to me. And thank you for those of you who've stuck it out and stayed with us for doing that. Um, we'll see if we can't do a little bit more of this kind of thing in the future, whatever the um, topic might be. But I just want to uh, conclude and finish by saying 
um, I hope you're able to spend time with Jesus today. And we love you, and we will see you when we see you. Godspeed.